Bones are amazing things. They hold us up, they support us, they make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin, but they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Hello and welcome back to Bone Thrower's Theater, the Zorro edition. This is Johnny playing Jacques. And this is Jeremy playing Javier Rivera. This is Aaron playing... (laughs) I've forgotten my name. Um, I am (laughs) De Lombardo. It's all on the screen. Yes, I am Antonio De Lombardo. And I'm Jordan, and I'm wondering how you can mess up something that's written right in front of your face. <laughs> and I was looking for it on, on my document. I'm sitting here, I'm like, where did it go again? And yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're using Zoom to record this, everybody. And one of the things that you can do on Zoom is you can change the name of the participants. So we went through and we put our names as the characters that we're playing. Well, I'm, my name is still the same, but the rest of the players, their names are all different. So as we left off, you all had just looked into the jailhouse and you saw what looked like a, a card game going on. Nobody in the jail, just a, just a card game. And I believe that was Javier. So he was sneaking back to Jacques and Antonio. Well, Antonio was actually chatting up the guard outside the jail. So I would assume that Antonio would notice Javier leaving and they all reconvene. Yeah, so Javier gets back to Jacques. As he's walking up to him, he's shaking his head. That is not Zorro. Zorro is not in there. There's no one in any jail cell. It appears one of the men from the crowd is playing cards with the man they claim was Zorro. So I wonder where Zorro is. He said he was not at the hideout, so I wonder if he's in trouble, if he needs our help. Let's signal Antonio to get back over here. So I end my conversation with the guard and head over to the others. And I'm sure they relay the information of what they saw in the jail. Something is definitely afoot. Well, one, maybe not even the same captain. Yeah. Saying he has Zorro when he actually does not have Zorro. But why? What, what is the purpose of all? And who is he going to execute in the morning? That's the key. Going to be a public execution, it sounded like. So who? He doesn't have Zorro. So it sounds like whoever they have that is they're claiming to be Zorro is actually a part of this plot since when I freed him, he did not want to leave. Yes. But I, I highly doubt he would join them just to be executed. Correct. They have something else planned, obviously. But what? Are they hoping that the real Zorro would come in to save this man's life? Or, since there seems to be some mistaken identities here, what if it is the actual captain that has been replaced that they're ah. going to execute? Yes, that's a good thought. And where are they keeping him? Because they're not keeping him in the jail. No. And it doesn't appear, since this is something I overheard at the captain's residence, that not all of the guards are aware of this plan because some of them were upset that 
Zoro was not being guarded heavily. So some of them, even within the soldiers, believed they actually had Zoro captured. I feel like the, the true, getting to the true root of this is going to require finding where El Capitan truly is. The true Capitan. I wonder, where did Rosarito say that she met Captain? On their travels from Spain, correct? From, she was coming from somewhere south. Uh, Monterey Presidio. Yeah, so they had, like, he had originally been stationed in Monterey Presidio. He had come from Spain. She had come from the southern area, like more towards you know, modern Mexico. Okay, so they were they met on their travels from Monterey Presidio. Well, to Monterey Presidio. Okay, so not on this current travel. Right. Previous travel. Correct. We're all thoroughly familiar with the surrounding territory around here, correct? Correct. So if we were kidnapping somebody, where would we hide them at? That's the question. Why don't you go ahead and make like a knowledge check of some sort? Of course, my other 1D. Oh, wow. I'm 1D knowledge. Three. Three. Antonio? Yes, seven. (laughs) You know the area fairly well. You travel the hills on missions with Zorro. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that you have at least a general idea of where things would be. Like different mesas, different forests, some of the swamps in the area. You would know the the layout of the road. You have a general idea of all of the major ranches where they're located. So you do have a a bit of knowledge of where that is. And you, you can think of a couple of different locations where someone could be hidden away, like in, in a box canyon or, or maybe in a, an arroyo or something like that. Well, do we want to check out those closest ones? I think that makes sense. Um, if he plans on executing the real Capitan in the morning, I would imagine he's keeping him close enough to get to. Between now and the morning, yes. Yes. So, we are going to search the nearby hideouts. Okay. Sounds good. Go ahead and tell me about the first hideout you want to search. We'll say that you know of three places in town that you could think of and two places outside of town that you could think of. Okay, the uh, first place in town is at the uh, the butcher shop. Okay. There's a cellar. That would be a good place to hide somebody. With a printing press. <laughs> Spoilers. Run yeah. by people who want to overthrow the government. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the first place I would check. Okay. Do you want our list of all three before we do any checking? No, we can go ahead and check them one at a time. Okay. Everything I rolled is one die, so... Oh, look, I rolled a one. <laughs> now you get a hero point. I rolled a six for perception for the first place we checked. Okay. So, looking at the rules, it also says that if it would fail, then I could also explode it. And I still get the hero point. That's correct. Would you like to explode it? I would. And I rolled another six. Keep on going. And I rolled a one. So I rolled 13. You only get one hero point if, if I'm reading yes. the rules correctly there. Yep, that's how I read it. I'm sorry, what'd you get, Jeremy? 11. You got an 11. Okay. Nothing in the basement of the butcher's building. Next. 
in town, if I were an unscrupulous person and I were hiding a kidnapped person, there's actually a, uh, a dive bar like on the outskirts, not quite outside of town, but you know, towards the edge of town. There's a tavern where the owner is more than happy to accept bribes to house certain items in the attic. Okay. So I would check there next. Are all three of you going to go, or is it just... Sure. Yeah, we'll go. So when I get there, instead of just looking, I'm going to approach the tavern keeper. Okay. And ask him if he's had any unusual business. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. The tavern is called the Slippery Coyote. Yes, the Slippery Coyote. (laughs) Okay, so he says that no one's really made any deposits recently. Oh, that's unfortunate. I'm I'm looking for somebody and can't seem to find them. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Okay, so no 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 unusual traffic either. No, not really. Nothing that I would tell you about without some memory assistance. I happen to have some of that right here. Uh how much would jog your memory? Ten dinero. And I hand him my ten dinero. Yeah, nothing. well thank you for your struggles and yours as well yep so you go ahead and move on to the next one johnny roll me a single die two okay where are you going next all right next place is an abandoned ranch outside of town on the way to our hideout (laughs) all right sounds fine okay uh, go ahead and make a search roll for me. Six. One. I got a 14 and a six on the wild, so do it need to explode? It would need to explode. Right, I got seven total. I got a 16. Okay, nothing there. You search high and low. You go into all of the places where you would expect to find things, down by the creek, down in a, the a copse of trees out in the middle of the of the field, in the old abandoned barn, and there's just nothing to find. But you spend several hours looking pretty thoroughly. Javier, can you think of anywhere? There is the ball mill that hasn't seen much activity recently. Okay. Wanna check out there with another investigate? Okay. One. Three. <laughs> Fourteen. Close. I do know of another uh, ranch that's supposed to be under construction. Miss Cortez mentioned that her father had bought some land that is uh, not quite finished. And so I bet there's nobody there. Do we want to check there as well? Sure. Four. Five. Oh my gosh. Twenty. You do find a body. Oh. What is the body wearing? Nothing. The body has been denuded. What does the body look like? Healthy. Middle age of 20, about 25. Seems to be in peak health, but there is a knife cut across the throat. Does the body have any scars? A few scars, but nothing significant. It looks like a, like a broken leg had mended. Some like wounds on arms 
and uh, hands and stuff like that that looked like they might have been like nicks from a sword. And we recognize them as possible nicks from a sword. Yes. When you look around the body a little bit more, just trying to determine what's going on, uh, you do find a bird feather. Can we identify, I mean, what kind of bird feather? Can we tell that? You could try to dis- identify it. Go ahead and roll. K knowledge. Knowledge. K knowledge. I rolled a one on the wild die and a three total. Four. Look at you rack up those hero points. Right. It seems to Jacques to be an eagle feather. Do I know what kind of eagle? Like a local eagle. Like I would imagine there's golden eagles in California. Yep. Okay. Is sword fighting a common pastime or thing? Does everybody sword fight, or is it more like only unscrupulous fellows and soldiers? In the world of Zorro, fencing is a common activity for aristocracy. You know, this is an age where duels could be fought. Um, Also, military officers would use swords. But the average person is not going out and having sword fights. Your, your average, like, ranchero, you know, farmhand, blacksmith, they're not carrying swords. Okay. So I would make sure to point out the, the, the sword cuts on his arms and okay. be like, either either this is a, a soldier or someone who has been undertaking some nefarious business. And as we know of a missing military officer, I would almost bet this is our missing Capitan. Would that be the right age, though, for uh, Captain? I, I wouldn't know. I think it depends on how well-to-do his family is. Fair enough. I mean, if, if we had maybe brought Rosarita, we might know, but since we left her at home. How close are we to town? Do I have time to go back and get Rosarita? Yes, you do. Okay. So, I mean, it will be it will be late at night, and trying to convince her to come with you might be difficult, because going out into the middle of the night with a man she only just met tonight would not be considered a honorable thing for a noble woman to do. Well, I am the most honorable and persuasive <laughs> man around, so I will be able to convince her. I'm going to let my partners know. That's my thought. That I would go get Rosarita and bring her back to identify this man and ask their thoughts. I mean, if you think it's the actual Capitan, then seems like a good idea. I think the possibility is high. I, I don't know. Does he look to be about the same height and build of our new Capitan? I'm assuming that's perception. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> you want those hero points? Hey, it's a six. Hey! Would you like it to explode? Yes. So it's a 10. Uh, he does seem to be slightly smaller than the man that you met. A little slimmer. Okay. I would say I think the chances are high that this could be our Capitan. But without someone to uh, verify that, I, I don't know. Well, we have two choices. We either take the body with us or we bring somebody back here. And maybe taking the body with us is a better call because... If maybe some of the soldiers had met the real Capitan and were unaware that the Capitan has been replaced, they might be able to recognize them as well. 
Well, it also would protect it from uh, wild animals. Or someone coming to dispose of the body. Yeah. Yes. So we shall bring the Capitan's body back to town. Uh, I don't think we want to bring it into the town. We can take it to one of the other places we already searched. Yes. What was the closest place that we searched? Was that the first place was the, uh, so the abandoned ranch? The abandoned ranch is the one closest to the town. Yeah, that was the first one you looked at. Okay. So if you guys take the body back to the abandoned ranch, I will head to get Miss Cortez and see if she can identify who this was. Sounds like a plan. We always have to carry a body. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. It's like everywhere we go, we're carrying a body. <laughs> was there a horse involved in this particular expedition? Yeah. Well, there you go. You can like throw the horse over the body. Well, yeah. Wait, throw the horse <laughs> the over body. the body? <laughs> yes, yes, because that makes perfect <laughs> English sense. Uh, you can throw the body over the horse. All right, so we do that while Antonio goes to Rosarita. So you have 2D in writing. Uh, Aaron does. Me. Oh, I have 1D. Because everything we're doing is either knowledge or perception. It's not my fault. <laughs> not my fault. I have 4D. Okay, so do you want to be the one who's uh, like taking the horse along? and? Yeah, sure. Just to make sure the body doesn't fall off? or Right. With a 16. You're successful. Body does not fall off. Is it time for a break? We're taking a break, people. How about that? <laughs> Enjoy your break. Phil, as you round the corner of the dungeon, you see a pedestal rise up from the ground. On it is a green glowing potion pulsating with its own light. I roll to drink a potion. You don't even need to roll. You pull out the stopper, quaff it quickly, and discover that you're listening to Alzebo Soup, a literary podcast where we become our favorite authors by devouring portions of their brains. Oh, shit. Where's my save versus poison? No, stat? no, 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 no. This is a good thing. Now you're getting all the knowledge of people who love speculative fiction talking about authors like Kelly Link, Jack Vance, Rudyard Kipling, and, of course, our favorite gene wolf well this character is a bust i should just trouble up this sheet right now phil we're supposed to be promoting the show at alzabosoup.libsen.com all right i'm rolling a dwarf or wherever fine podcasts are listened to (laughs) and we're back antonio you are going back into town yes i'm going to go get miss cortez i would like you to roll a perception. <laughs> Three. Would you like to double down? And what maybe time is it? It's the middle of the night. It's like two in the morning. Okay. Yes, I will double down and spend one of my eight hero points. Eight? I guess. Oh my! God. I guess I could afford it. <laughs> and I got a seven. Okay. The town is pitch black. You know, you might see like a candle or a lamp in a window as you're going by, but for the most part, everything is dead. It's the, the middle of the night. You are alone except for some owls, you know, lizards and snakes that come out in the evening, those kinds of creatures. And it is a quiet experience as you're going into town. And as you do, you see a couple of torches 
going through the street. And they're very noticeable because this is not the time for people to be traveling around. And your eyes are accustomed to the dark, so you are able to pick these out pretty easily because they are shining like beacons. Are they coming towards me, or what is the direction that they're headed? They seem to be headed in the same direction as you. Oh, I'm going to get off of my horse and tie my horse up behind one of the houses. Okay. And follow, not closely, but follow at a a distance. So like you're tailing them? Yes. Yes, I guess that is the term that I would use. I would be tailing them. Okay. That's exciting. It is a group of soldiers, or it is people who are dressed as soldiers. People in uniform. In uniform. And they they don't have guns with them. They they seem to have only steel, knives, swords, that kind of thing. Okay. How many? Three. What happens when they get to the tavern? They jimmy open the lock and they sneak inside. Okay. I sneak and follow them. Okay. Go ahead and roll stealthiness. I am going to spend another hero point. Okay. Got a six. You want to double down on that? Yes. And spend a hero point again. And I got a nine. Okay, we'll add those both together. (laughs) (laughs) You're able to sneak in without too much notice. Okay, are they headed up the stairs to the rooms? They are. They are heading upstairs to where people would sleep. I'm going to stumble into one of the tables and knock the table and chairs over and begin to act like I'm drunk. Which, let's be honest, on a normal night probably would not be that far of a stretch. Nope. And make as much noise as I possibly can. So it sounds like you're trying you're trying to either deceive them or persuade them to look at you. I am nope, I am deceiving them into thinking that I am drunk. But the part of that goal is making a lot of noise, banging chairs around, more or less alerting the entire tavern, you know, trying to, trying to wake everybody up. And for a deceive roll, I got eight, 16. Okay, so you are, you are able to make all the noise that you want. Hey! You're banging around, you're singing the, your most obnoxious songs. Tavern wenches and... Nuns farting. Um, yes. And in the process, I'm kind of, you know, I keep tripping into chairs and, you know, kicking them around and cursing and, you know, damn blast this stupid wooden chair. What do the soldiers do? They freeze. Whoa. Excuse me. I didn't know there was anybody down here at this time of night. They're going to come for you. Like, what do you mean come for me? Like... Are they saying anything, or are they still trying to be stealthy and holding daggers, like, getting ready to stab me? Yes, they're getting ready to stab you. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to pull my pistol and shoot one of them. Okay, sounds like, like fun. Fu- like, full-on daring, just like, oh, excuse me, whap-how. Okay, so for initiative, make skill or attribute rolls based on what oh. the character is doing. So you would make a marksmanship roll? Yep. And we are going to go ahead and they're going to go ahead and make an agility roll. Okay, so I got a 10. I got a 10. 
if roles are tied and one of the tied characters is a player character, they go first. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Jordan doesn't look happy with that. <laughs> All right, so I'm rolling to shoot. Okay. Um, and so in this system, they have a dodge and a parry. There's a, a static skill. The first one that you're shooting at, go ahead and tell me what you got. 14, 16. Okay. So uh, their dodge is only 10. So that is a success. So now we go ahead and do a brawn roll and you do a damage roll. I rolled a nine. Okay. 12 plus two is 14 plus five is 19. They are the brawniest, fastest mofos I've ever seen. Yeah. So since you made the shot, then they're only stunned. Let's go ahead and, and explain that for the listeners. When you're hit, you roll your brawn against the damage. If your brawn roll is greater than the damage, then you're stunned. So in this instance, what was the number you rolled again? It was a nine? Yes. So it was a nine, and I rolled a 14. So that means because my character was hit, he was stunned. This is different from the first edition of D- the D6 rules, because since the number would have been greater in the first edition, I, my character would have just shrugged it off. But here, it actually goes in favor of the person who managed to make the hit. So it's actually a little bit more fair for the players. Yeah, there's no singeing growl. Exactly. Uh, singeing growl is where, oh, something happens, but it's just like it rips through the shirt or something like that. If the damage roll is greater than or equal to the brawn roll, so let's say we both got a 15 then the character would have been wounded. So a stunned character falls prone and can't do anything for the rest of the combat round. Stunned goes away at the start of the next round. So they're down until they're, the order is reached again. Um, they can't do anything, can't shoot at you or anything like that. A wounded character falls to prone and can't do anything for the rest of the round. At any time they roll skill or attribute dice, their code is reduced to one. A wounded character who is wounded again is incapacitated. Wounded goes away after a character has received medical treatment or arrested for 24 hours. An incapacitated character falls prone and is unconscious. They can't do anything at all until they're healed. So anyway, you stun this first one. Has there been any other noise in the tavern? You know, I just pulled, you know, I knocked over all these chairs and tables. I just pulled a gunshot. Yes, you start hearing people like yelling, making noises like what's going on. Some people are stirring out of bed, yes, but they're not. no doors are open yet because shots are being fired. You want wood between you and a flying bullet. That was your actions, so now it's my turn. Soldier number two, he's going to go ahead and try and stab you. So that's 4D. He, he closes in within you. He rolled a one on his wild die, so that means that there's a complication. Seven, eight, nine, nine total. What is your... Parry is 15. So you have two static. You have your dodge and you have your parry. Yes, and in the rulebook, parry is used for all melee attacks and dodge is used for all ranged attacks. Okay, thanks for pointing that out. So you have your parry of 15? Yes. Okay, so his attack doesn't hit. The second one closes on you as well. The third one, excuse me. And he's going to go ahead and roll to attack you. 15, oh, you got a six on the wild die. 15, 20. Okay. So that hits. So I am 
going to spend a hero point to double my brawn roll. Okay. Against the damage. And I got a six on the wild die. 40 plus one to hit you. Oh, that's another six. I got 10, 14, 19. Okay, I got 16, so I am wounded. So that's 1D, 1D less on every roll, is that correct? That's correct, and you are prone right now. You've, you've been knocked down. But that was the end of the round, so it's your turn at this point. Okay, then I have gained their attention. I have kept them from doing whatever nefarious thing they were going to do. And I am going to roll to my feet backwards. Okay. All right, so let's say we're going to spend a hero point and double a roll. Is it 1D off of my doubled total or 1D off of my attribute? I'll have to look that up later, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's 1D off of the doubled roll. Okay. Just to be generous. I am going to roll backwards back towards the door. I am attempting to get away at this point. Okay. It sounds like we're going to initiate a chase. Ah, son of a... I rolled a one on the wild die, and then I got... 21. Yes. So you're you're able to go ahead and do a somersault backwards and you're up on your feet. And at this point, they're going to go ahead and come after you and they're going to try and stab you. Okay. So they are down 1D because they were stunned. Uh, they rolled 10. My static parry is 15. So they miss you. Uh, the second one comes at you. They have 40. Ooh, one on the wild die, and 15. Against my parry of 15, so it's a tie. I think parries go to player, ties go to player in this regard. Okay. And then soldier number three, eight, 12. Hey, all right. So you're able to just get by. Go ahead and describe how you dive out of the way of three different knife fighters. So... Actually, as I'm somersaulting back, they, the three of them are rushing me. And the fact that I knocked over some tables and some chairs kind of trips them up a little bit. And so as they're trying to stab towards me, they're also not keeping their feet very well. But it was a, my flamboyant cape actually is what caused them to have problems as it was flowing over my head in my somersault. One of them kind of dove towards that instead and caught, you know, the, the edge of the cake rather than my rather than me. Which is really awful because now you've got a slit in your cape. Yes. But it was a gift by a uh, adoring Donya, so I am I did not spend the money for it. Gotcha. Yeah. No capes. <laughs> Seriously, that that just goes to show what happens if you have a cape. All right, so you are able to get away. Now we're, since you are able to get away, we're going to go ahead and initiate a chase because this is another fun part of the rules. So we'll go ahead and dive into that. So chases are a post roll with an extra rule, distance. Distance is a number that must be reduced or increased to be the victor in a race. Distances normally start at four when a chase begins, but can be modified by the GM as needed. We'll just go ahead and keep it at four for right now. Each participant in the race will roll. A group elects one individual to make a single roll for the group. The winner gets to increase or de- decrease the distance by one or two on an exceptional success, which is getting a six on the wild side. If the distances reach zero, then the pursuer has caught the fleeing party. 
which in this instance, Aaron Antonio would be the fleeing party. If it reaches eight, the fleeing party has evaded being caught and vanishes. Rolling in a chase illustrates the method. For example, rolling stamina would indicate a dogged and flat contest of fortitude, whereas acrobatics is suitable for a chase down a crowded street or across rooftops. It's possible that each participant rolls different skills based on how they are approaching the chase. So we'll go ahead and maintain initiative as we had it already. So you're going first. So the number currently is four. So I am running. How close is the guardhouse, the, uh, the, where the guards live? Uh, it's on the other side of town. How close is it to the exterior of town? I'm assuming I'm closer to that. Mm-hmm. Correct. So you would have to go through the entire town, the, all of Los Angeles, which is a lot smaller than modern Los Angeles. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So if I were going to be weaving in and out of alleys along the way, that would be a, an agility roll? Yes. If you're trying to like go down one alley, go down a, a second one, jump over a fence, you know, trying yes. to make that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I would be doing. Okay. Uh, we're going to go ahead and say that, that, you know, because this is dark and everything like that, the difficulty is going for this check is going to, for the, for the test is going to be 20. So if you hit 20, then you go up from four to five. If I hit 20, it goes from four to three. I'm assigning the target number. I can only increase by one each time. You can increase by two if you get a six on the wild die because that's an exceptional success. All right, so we're going to start. I got four hero points. <laughs> I'm spending these hero points. So I'm spending my first hero point. And I got a six on the wild die. If you get a 20, then that's an ex exceptional six, success. 25. 25? Yes. So you get an exceptional success. So we are now at six. The number is at six. So it is my turn. I am going to go ahead and use intimidation because they're going to start yelling at you really loud. Stop in the name of the king. They're going to probably split up and go opposite, like different directions to try and hem you in. But they're so, all yelling. It's a hue and cry. You're now a wanted man. 16. So I hey. did not succeed. So the number stands at six. All right. So I am going to use another hero point. Okay. Let's go ahead and do a different a different skill at this at this time to make things interesting. Then I'm not going to use another hero point. I am going to yell over my shoulder, "Leave me alone!" and persuade them to stay back where they're at. We'll see how well that works out for you. Twenty-one, just barely. So that brings you up to seven. So what happens at this point is that you're yelling and they can't, we'll say that there's a bit of an echo to your voice. So they're having a hard time figuring out where you actually are. Because as a singer, you are able to project quite well and yeah. it's making things bounce around in a disorienting manner. But- Just one following. So we're doing our chases closer to how we usually do them where a different skill has to be used each time. I feel okay. like that would be- I, it makes things a little bit more numerically interesting. I yeah, see Jeremy missing like Because he knows my skills. <laughs> and he knows you've used your two bests. I got, I got a couple other things up my sleeve. They're going to go ahead and use a hero point as well. They have hero points? I got a six. 
Okay. There's nothing in the rules against the GM getting hero points. There's nothing in the rules against the GM getting hero points. I was just asking. Now, I can't obviously use them for advancing my characters, although that would be really cool. That would be cool. I'm going to go ahead and actually use brawn. So you're rolling 8D? Actually, athletics. One, two, so the athletic skill has 2D, on, and that goes into the run skill. So that would be 6D total. And if you double it by spending a hero point, that's 12D. 12. Doesn't mean I'm going to get an exceptional success, but it's a lot of fun to roll. <laughs> it is a lot of fun to roll that many dice. Oh, I got a two on my wild. 32. So that brings the number back down to six. You can start hearing them. They're, they're running faster. You can see the flames are starting to bob closer to you. You can see one is cutting you off out front. So I am going to yell, quick, meet me in the garden of, of the hacienda and attempt to deceive them about my destination. Okay. The goal is 20. I am, not gonna, I am not going to spend a hero point. Well, if you have to double I, down, you have to double uh, down. I can double down on these rolls. There's nothing in here against it. That's son of a... I did not get it. I got 13. So oh. I am going to double down and spend a hero point. No, but I got it. I got 10, 15, got it, and then some. 30, 33. I would imagine that's a success. Okay. So... So you inch it back up to seven. I need another exceptional and then some. Or at least one more success. Yeah, you gotta make the eight. Oh, only the eight? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Only the eight. You're okay. close. You're not far. Well, on that one would have put you at eight and it would have been done. Yep. I mean, I got a six. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to go ahead and try and feel you out, look for you, see what they can do. They're going to go ahead and use perception to try and see if you are actually going to the Hacienda Garden like you said you were. I rolled an eight. And also, I sent a message to the, the game creator to see if one can double down on a on chases. Nice. Okay, so back to me. As a fence is coming up in front of me, I am going to dive over the fence. Sounds like do... an agility check. No, it's going to be an acrobatics. I'm actually oh. doing a flip over this fence because it's fancy. I like it. And I am spending another hero point because I have all of the hero points. And I got it. I got 18, 21. Nice. You get eight, and you are able to get away from the three soldiers that had been chasing you. Okay. Since I've made it, I'm going to circle back towards the tavern. Okay. Because I, I, want, I want Rosarita with me. As I approach the tavern, what's going on there? There seems to be a lot of confusion. Like, everybody is, everybody is trying to figure out what happened. They're trying to see what's going on. And... Actually, you see the soldiers are coming back and they're yelling at everybody. They're saying that there's, there has to be an inspection of the tavern right now for illegal contraband. How close is the building next to the tavern? Oh, buildings are built like 
right on top of each other. There's only like maybe four or five feet between the two buildings. Okay. Do I see Rosarita around? No, she has to get ready for it. She can't just go out in a nightgown. Okay. So I'm going to climb the building next to the tavern. Okay, that sounds like an acrobatics check. I rolled a five with a one on the wild die. Complication. So you fail. Okay. And as you're trying, yeah. Johnny just pantomimed someone trying to climb up a drain pipe and then the pipe coming in unattached from the wall. Um, We won't say that it's that bad, but we'll say that as you try and climb, you actually have a brick break off of the corner and you fall to the ground and land on the back and all the air gets knocked out of you. Okay. And as you're laying there on the ground, we're going to go ahead and thank everybody for listening to this episode of Bone Throwers Theater. And we will find out what happens to Antonio next time. Thank you for listening to Bone Throwers Theater. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater, and also you can look us up on Facebook. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.